Lord Jesus, with your permission, as we come before you tonight in this time of prayer and meditation, um, really with an effort to start our weekends right, to, to begin them with a time um, with you, it's a tremendous joy to, to be in adoration, to, to have you truly present among us, um, that we could just be with you, that we can, we can talk with you, and bring you everything that has gone in, on in our lives this week and um, everything we are looking forward to over the weekend, stuff we're already thinking about and we're maybe worried about for next week. Just a little bit of time of, of prayer, um, just conversation. And that's actually what, a, what, what mental prayer is supposed to be, right? Mental prayer is, is this one-on-one conversation with you, Lord, and, and when there's a, a meditation preached like this, it's, um, you know, the, the, the priest is just kind of, uh, he's just doing his prayer out loud. So often we, we do our prayer silently uh, for the good respect to the people around us. But a preached meditation is just um, in a, an out loud prayer. And Lord, if, if there's things in this, you know, my out loud prayer that are helpful, for those who are here praying in your presence tonight, awesome. That's very good. If not, and they just tune me out and check out and go, go with their conversation with you, great. However it works. Um, but that's, that's what this time of, of prayer and meditation, mental prayer, is supposed to be. Just, just a one-on-one conversation. Um, and all the words of the priest are ju- just meant to be um, helps to our own conversation with you. Because Jesus, that's what, that's what we need. We, we need to be in, in conversation with you, right? We need to, we need to bring you all of our, um, everything. We just bring it to you. We need to just talk to you. Um, just, just, if we just talk to you, so many things in our lives uh, clear up. They become, they become much more, get, they get put in perspective. That we need to bring you uh, all of the, all these things. And if we're not willing to bring them to you, I don't know, I mean... It happens sometimes um, that, in particular, you know, in living in a time of pandemic, that, like, if we're feeling a little sick, I don't know, I'm feeling a little off, you know, who knows what's going on, right? When you go and talk to your doctor, and your doctor says, okay, well, what about, do you have this? No. Do you have this? No. Do you have this? No. Okay, then you're probably fine. Like, take some Advil. It'll get better in a few days. Uh, Great, (laughs) right? But the more, the more we try to (laughs) self-diagnose, And that we just spin it around in our own heads and we just kind of are considering like, oh, could maybe it's the, you know, I, I saw an article recently uh, of doctors just begging people like, don't Google your symptoms, right? It, ne- it never ends well. And ultimately, you'll always have some rare life-ending disease if you just Google your symptoms, right? I've got a sniffle. Oh, that's the end of the world, right? No, uh, if we just keep it in ourselves, um, or we just Google things, right? My, my, my per- Google knows more about what's on my mind than my God does, right? Um, we got to bring things to our Lord. And Jesus, we just, gotta, just have to talk to you about these things. We just tell you what's happening. What are we feeling? What, what are our thoughts and desires, our hopes? What are, what are we worried about? What's, what, where are we sad? What's, what's happening? Just, you just want us to tell you. You know, but you need us to tell you. You want to, we need to know that we can tell you. You already know all this stuff. We're not telling you anything new. Um, but you want us to, to tell you, to, to bring you these things. And that's what we do in this time of meditation, of, of 
prayer, mental prayer. And oftentimes on these Friday nights, a good place to look for where you know, our upcoming prayer, our, our spiritual life should be centered around the liturgy and liturgical prayer. And so as we enter into this time of weekend, we should be looking forward to the Sunday Mass already. You know, that, that's going to be the high point of the weekend. It should be at least Sunday Mass. That chance to, to worship you, Lord, with the whole community on the day that you rose from the dead. So we look forward to Sunday Mass. Do we really, and do we really do that? Like, do I look forward to the high point of my weekend? Not just something to fit in, but like the high point of my whole weekend. So I go to Mass, and I worship and adore you with the entire Christian people gathered throughout the entire world. On this day, we worship you as one body of Christ. Um, and so we're looking forward to that Sunday Mass in our times of prayer, particularly as it gets a little closer. We should be thinking about it a little bit more. And so as it gets a little closer, you know, looking at the, um, at the readings, right, and the re- particularly the gospel reading for the Mass, and, you know, reading it over, and not just to kind of, I don't know, as a, as a priest, <laughs> this is kind of part of my prayer, a lot of times you could just read the gospel for like, okay, I need a homily, right? <laughs> I got to come up with a homily. I need something clever to say. So let me just, I'll read, oh, I got, I got my clever point, right? And then it's all done. I, I can close the Gospels and move on with my life because I have my clever homily point. Um, but that shouldn't be what it is. Um, rather, it's just a time. It's a time to, to talk about the Gospels with you. And to, as San Jose Mir would say, to imagine ourselves as one more character in the scene. To be there and to actually, you know, look around and what, what's happening in this scene. To really enter into it and see how it, how it speaks to our own hearts. And so we're going to read this upcoming weekend from Mark's Gospel. That as Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And right away when he hear those words, we know that we're, we're now in this, this story of the rich young man, right? Um, Actually, I looked in the three Gospels, and I didn't see the word young in any of them. I think Matthew is where we get the word young. But it's in our tradition, this is a young man, a rich young man. And he, he runs up to Jesus um, and kneels down before him. I think it, the fact that he's young, particularly for our time of prayer tonight, is so important. Because when we're young, things are so full of, of possibility. I could do anything. I, I'm young. I'm young. I can, I can do anything I want. I'm, I mean, I, I hit a point in my life because I'm a priest for all of eternity, but I'm also at a point in my life, you know, not being as young anymore, um, where like, I really can't do anything. I tried to play soccer the other night and ended up with me doing a, a somersault on the ground, right? Um, and so, okay, maybe, I, Lord, maybe I'm not going to be a soccer star, right? Uh, I can't do that anymore. Um, I'm, I'm probably... I know a few languages, but I'm probably not going to learn too many more. I'm not going to be an astrophysicist. I, I, don't, um, I don't have this world of possibilities in my own life opened up before me in, in that material way. Spiritually, we can always be always young. We can always be a saint. It's never too late to start. We can always be spiritually very young in your presence, Lord. But this young man, materially, physically young, runs up to our Lord to be, to be youthful, to have that youthful energy. That, that total possibility. I can, I can do anything. Lord, I could do anything in you because you strengthened me. I, I, I can do whatever, whatever 
you call me to. Yeah, here I am. I'm ready to go. Here I am. Send me. Right? That's, that's the beauty of being, being youthful. And that we, um, that we give. We give generously, right? The young, usually, um, when they're not being selfish, you know, when we're not being selfish, um, young people can be so generous. And um, we just give so much. Um, when it's a cause that we're really kind of invested in, like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there. And I'm, I'm going to give generously of my whole heart. I want to give everything I have because I'm young, because I have that, um, that youthful spirit. Youth gives all it can, St. Jose Maria Scriva writes. Youth gives all it can. It gives itself without reserve. Right? That's, that's the beauty of, of our youth, right? Giving, giving everything we can. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to hold stuff back, right? It's interesting because when, again, when you're young, you, you don't hold anything back. Uh, even like, like actual, like children, like toddlers, right? They don't, they don't hold stuff back. They don't, because, you know, I think about my, um, you know, my niece or I was with someone, I was recently with, with a kid who, who is in that stage of, of motion where they, learned how to run so they forgot how to walk, right? So it's like that beautiful little toddler age where, where they can only run, right? It's run here and run there, and it's move very, very fast. And um, it's beautiful to see. But, like, they're not saving something back. Like, I don't want, I don't want to move too quick. I'm not, I, I may get tired. I'm not going to run. No, kids, they just run, and they run, and they run. They don't hold anything back because they have stores of energy. And, Lord, that's how we want to be before you. Spiritually, I want to be very young. I don't want to hold something back. I don't want to, I don't want to keep back from you, Lord. Um, and so there's this possibility, right? This, this beautiful possibility um, of the young. This young man runs up to Jesus. Again, just even that idea that he's running to Jesus, right? We're going to run up to Jesus with this youthful energy and ask him this big question. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Not just these little questions, you know. He, he's interested in the big, the big thing. Good teacher. What do I have to do to get to heaven? What a great question. Right? What, what an awesome, just to be, be focused on the, on the right direction and the right thing. Jesus, what do I have to do to actually get to heaven? I mean, I'm, I'm more focused on what do I have to do to get through the weekend right now. But, like, big picture, Lord. What do I have to do to get to heaven? Am, am I doing the things I need to do to get to heaven? Do I really have that, that goal in mind? Uh, I want to get to heaven. And Jesus, I'm, I'm, I got that big picture in mind, that big goal. I want to go to heaven. And so that's right. That's the right target, right? Aiming for, for the right thing. Good teacher. What do I have to do? I want to go to heaven. Jesus, that's a question we should just ask you again and again. Jesus, I want to go to heaven. I really, I really do. Right? We should. That's a good, let's be sure that we mean it if we say it. Jesus, I really do want to go to heaven. Like, I really, I want to be in heaven with you, and the Father and the Holy Spirit. I want to be there with all the angels and the saints, and I want to be there for all of eternity. What do I have to do? What's, what's the plan?
And Jesus starts it out. Um, we got to put it on the, on the right frame. Who are we talking to? Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. Now, is Jesus saying he's not good? No, not at all. No one is good but God alone. And so with what is going to happen as this conversation progresses, it only works if Jesus is God, right? It's only, so Jesus knows, do we have the right framework? I'm talking to God. Like talking to this, this young guy, right? do you realize who you're talking to? Like, why, why are you asking me about the good? Only God's good. Like, so why, why are you asking me? Well, what's the, what's the logical conclusion of that? If I'm willing to answer that question, you're willing to keep asking it? You must really believe that I'm God. Great. Right, that right answer. That believe in, believe in Jesus Christ, right? Believe in, in our Lord. That's how you get to heaven. He's our guide. He shows us the way. He teaches us. In our conversation here tonight, Jesus, do we, do we really believe that you're God? Like my time of conversation tonight is conversation with God, who's my friend. Weekend is a great time to spend time with friends, right? Um, it's good to, to see friends maybe we don't get to see during the week, to spend a little bit of time with them when we're not rushing around. Well, Jesus, you're my friend. I'm actually a friend of God. And I have the opportunity to come and talk to you, to just bring you what's ever on my heart. Our time of prayer in the church, it's no different. You know, this would maybe be more comfortable if we're all sitting on couches or on a fireplace. But it, we're here in the church because God is here among us, our God. Jesus Christ, truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. Our God's right here. And then if this is true, why, why wouldn't we want to be here with you? Oh, you know, I got dinner reservation. I don't know, I can't, I can't spend time with God tonight. I, I got to start. The Red Sox are playing. I don't, I don't know if they are. I don't know if they won. Who knows? But the point is, hey, I'm going to skip God to watch the Red Sox go, go down 2-2 to, you know, in a series. Great. Um, you know, what, what are the things we make excuses for? None of this makes sense unless Jesus actually is God. So, why are you asking me about what's good? Only God is good. And then he starts with just teaching them the, the basics. If you know the commandments, you know this. People have told you, you've heard this before. You know the commandments. Don't kill. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Don't defraud. Honor your father and your mother. I want to get to heaven. Well, where do I start? Don't kill anyone. Right? That's a good place to start. <laughs> right? Unfortunately, that, that's the law, and those are, those are the basics, right? Not unfor- unfortunately, <laughs> right? Uh, it's, um, you know, unfortunately, like, that's, that's where we, that's just the law, and we stop there so often. I'm just going to follow the law. You know, I'm a good person. Well, why? What makes you a good person? I didn't kill anyone. Great. Wait, way to go. A, a plus score there. Um, you know, no, it, um, that's the law. Start there. You know, it's important. If you're currently murdering people, stop, right? That's a, that's a good place to start. Um, stop murdering people. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. All these things. You know, it's interesting the amount of times we may want to say, like, uh, yeah, I'm, 
I'm living a good life. I only murdered three people this week, right? Like, right, I only committed this many grave sins. Stop those, right? We've got to stop that. Turn away from sin. That's what we each need to do in our own way. Turn away from sin. Be faithful to the gospel. Let it go. Whatever sins we have, let them go. But it's never enough. To just not sin isn't enough. That's not, that's not enough for living the Christian life. Catholicism is not just don't murder people, right? Catholics, what defines us as Catholic? We don't murder people. Great. <laughs> no, that's not it at all. And I think a lot of times we just think of our spiritual life and our moral life as just not sinning. That's all it means. It's a negative thing. And the, the guy gets this, right? This young man, he gets it. He's done all these things. Good. He said to him, teacher, all of these I've observed from my youth. I've done all of this. I've been keeping the rules. I follow the rules. Teacher, I've done all of these things from my youth. Since I was really young, I've been following all these, all these rules. And it, he still feels like he's missing something. Because that's true. When, we, when we're just following the rules, when we're just not sinning, it, we get the sense it's not enough. It's necessary. It's, you know, starting point, but it's not enough. We, we have to go deeper. We have to go deeper in our, in our spiritual life. And that, that invitation to going deeper, it's entirely based in love. This is a unique line, this detail here in Mark's gospel. And Jesus, looking upon him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go, sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Jesus, looking in at him in love, out of a total love for him, invited him to go deeper. Go. Sell what you have. Get rid of it. He's rich, right? This is a rich guy. Go, sell what you have. Give it to the poor. And you'll have treasure in heaven. And then come follow me. And so our Lord, when we feel that we're lacking something, he invites us always deeper, always deeper. Jesus, we can always go deeper with you. We can always, can always love you more. We can always give more of ourselves to you. That little bit that I, I'm just holding back, or the lot of bit that I'm holding back, um, I can give that to you today, now, right now. Entirely out of love. Jesus invites us to, to not just give him, you know, 25 minutes time, to not just give him, you know, some perfunctory prayers, vocal prayers, we're just going to rattle through, you know. No, he wants us to make a gift of our entire self. It's not enough to just kind of do the, do the bare minimum law. Make a gift of our entire self, calling us deeper. And it's motivated by love. Jesus, looking at him, loved him. Some spiritual writers believe that this, this young guy is actually St. Mark himself because he includes that detail because he was there. And he looked up at Jesus. Now remember, he's kneeling down. And so again, if we place ourselves in that scene, maybe we're Mark. And we're right there. We're the young guy. 
and we're, we have this emptiness in our heart because we're just following the rules. We look up at Jesus and I'm missing something. I'm still missing something. And we see him, what does it look like when Jesus looks with love? And Jesus, that's how you look at me from the Eucharist. Right here in this time of prayer, you look at me with tremendous love. And everything you ask me to do, no matter how difficult it may be, you're asking it because you love me. Like You, you love me. And so you, you ask me for these things because you know that they'll bring me happiness because you want me to be with you. You know, you want, you want me for yourself, Lord. It's, it's not the, you know, we have a petty type of jealousy a lot of times. I'm jealous, you know, there's someone I want to spend time with, but they're spending time with someone else, and so I'm jealous of them. Well, you know, in a divine way, not at all sinful, Lord, are you, are you sometimes jealous? Jealous that you love me. And you just want to spend time with me, and I, I move on. I've got other stuff I'm doing. I want to be with other people. I want to, I'm going to be here in the church, but I'm going to be playing around on my phone the whole time. You're, you're jealous. You know, I'm jealous. My two-and-a-half-year-old niece, right? Go to hang out. Don't get to see her that often. I go, and, and she, she's on something else. <laughs> Whatever, right? There's uh, Coco Melons on the TV. So she can't talk to Uncle because Coco and that JJ, I'm so jealous of little J, right? Because <laughs> like, hey, I came to spend time with you. And uh, or there's something else going on. And that happens, right? Well, in a divine way. Which is, are you, do you get jealous of us sometimes? You just want to spend time with us. You look at us with love and you just want us to love you. It's not motivated out of, out of pettiness or selfishness or a desire to make us miserable. When you call us to a high state in life, when you call us to be more radically dedicated to you, it's because you love us. You want to spend, you want more and more of our heart. I think St. Paul talks about that the, you know, particularly when it comes to like apostolic celibacy, that the heart of a married person is oftentimes divided, right? You got a lot of family concerns, you got to please your husband or your wife or whatever. But um, the, heart, the heart of an unmarried person is, can be totally given over to the Lord. And that a life of apostolic celibacy is not a rejection of the good of marriage, no. But rather, it's, it's Jesus wants the entirety of my heart. He wants, he wants every, every moment. You know, people live celibacy badly when they don't get married, but they don't ever give their heart to the Lord. And that they just want to... Um, they're just going to live bachelor life and they're just going to have plenty of time for their favorite hobby and whatever. That's not celibacy. That's not a life given over to the Lord. You know, this poor guy, now again, it may be St. Mark who later had a turning around and a, a conversion, but he goes away sad, sorrowful. He had a lot of stuff. He loved his stuff and he didn't want to get rid of his stuff. And so he went away sad and sorrowful. And that can happen to us sometimes if we, if we say no to the Lord, we we are going to find ourselves being sad. We're not going to be full. We're not going to to feel that um, fullness that our Lord can give us. And so when we consider these things and how our Lord is calling us in this life, again, another another line from St. Jose Maria, 
He writes, how frankly you laughed when I advised you, put your youthful years, right? These young years under the protection of St. Raphael, the guardian, the archangel who helps the young Tobias, right? Raphael who cares in a special way for the young, young adults, teenagers, young people. Raphael who helps this young Tobias, Tobias, um, you know, in this major challenge he had to undergo in the book of Tobit. Put your youthful years under the protection of St. Raphael so that he'll lead you, as he did young Tobias, to a holy marriage with a girl who's good and pretty and, and rich, <laughs> I added jokingly, right? Um, right into a young guy in college here. Um, but then he gets a little bit more serious. And he says, and then how thoughtful you became when I went on to advise you to put yourself also under the patronage of that youthful apostle John. St. John is a, is a young man who gives himself entirely to the Lord, who lived that apostolic celibacy. In case God is asking more of you, put yourself under the patronage of St. John. We ask St. John, we ask all the, all the saints who gave themselves to our Lord in a young way. Um, you know, this young man goes away sad, and maybe he came back later. If it is Mark, he, we know he definitely came back. Um, but tonight, Jesus, when you look at us with love, you invite us to follow you in a deeper way. Um, we should see that as an invitation of love. And each of us answers in our own way, whatever you're calling us to, however you're calling us, Lord, here I am. And I see this invitation of love. I don't want to go away sad. You know, Mary, our mother, uh, was a young woman when the Annunciation occurred, right? Um, and she, in her youth, said yes. She was inv- being invited to be the mother of God. And she said yes. So we ask our mother to pray for us that in whatever way God announces himself to us, calls us, chooses us, that we too have the courage to say yes. Jesus, here I am. Send me.